0: And the following disturbing discretion is advised. Welcome, everyone, to a fresh episode of GTF, Gabriel Talks Football. My name is Aldo Gandia. Listen closely. That is the sound of silence, exactly what is coming out of Hallis Hall. And there's no better person to talk to during these times uh, than my pal, my buddy, and the star of the show, Greg Gabriel, where is he? There he is. Greg, how are
1: you? You must be a Simon and Garfunkel fan. Sounds <laughs> of silence. I am
0: a huge fan. <laughs> My daughter and I went to see Paul Simon at his final concert in Chicago and we had a oh, blast. Really? Yeah. I I got her uh into uh Simon and Garfunkel, Paul Simon, the Beatles. As she was growing up, that's what she listened to. Freaking Some sticks. Hippie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and some Motown, but she didn't take to Motown like she did to the, <laughs> the hippie stuff.
1: <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm good. I, I wish I was feeling a little better. Okay. Yeah. you know that thing bounces back and forth, and I had to get you know I was off the the one stuff, now they put me back on it again. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, mm. like three days now. So, oh boy, hey, it uh- is what it is.
0: I hope it works quickly and then you can get back off to of it. I'll bring
1: up one thing too, because I, I well, well, I'm thinking about it, because I just read a couple different people on X say this might be the best head coaching, potential head coaching group ever. And I'm looking and I just started laughing. I go, why? Yeah, really? Why? <laughs> What's so great about Vrabel? Vrabel fell off the cliff the last two years with a good franchise, mm-hmm. hand pick franchise. hmm. Okay. So he's great. Right. Okay. And then they go, Bill Belichick, maybe. Bill's the same age as me. Mm-hmm. He is not a long-term solution. You know, I worked with Bill. I, I think he's six months younger than me. And, and he, he's a, a three-year solution max. You know, so what's great about that? And then these assistants, I think Quinn is is, because of his experience, Mm -hmm. It's a very good candidate, but some of these other guys, say Johnson and some of these other guys, they're unproven commodities, just like Flus was an unproven commodity. You don't have any assurance that they're going to hit a home run. They may strike out in the first year. Yeah, I agree.
0: And years from now, we might turn back and say, wow, that was a great crop of uh, coaching candidates and coaching hires. But, yeah, there's no concrete evidence that right. any, any of these guys. You know,
1: you can't, you can't say it riles up the front door. I, I remember how excited everybody was about Matt Nagy? Mm-hmm. Oh, we stole Matt Leggy from the Colts. Well, guess what? But Ballard wasn't going to hire him. I knew that for a fact. He interviewed him because they were really close friends and they still are very close friends. But mm-hmm. he's tell- he flat out told me, not ready to be a head coach. He's a minimum two years away. Wow. Yeah, well, wow, wow. it looks like it still might be two years away <laughs> based on performance. You know, so, so. I mean, you know it, it's <laughs> the media perception and reality. And I hate to be banging on the media all the time, but some of these people are freaking clueless. And they just, you know, they just throw anything out there and the fans clobber all up and eat it when they don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, that is part of fandom is to offer uh, unsubstantiated takes on stuff. Yeah, so. <laughs> Wild opinions. <laughs> um All right, well, let's. We've got a lot to cover here. Let's start with the performance by the Bears in Green Bay. I, for one, was incredibly disappointed, but I didn't think that uh, Justin Fields was as much to blame as I saw on social media. I thought that he, it, it showed it showed that the offensive line still needs some work, and, and and there were injuries, of course, and it showed that he needs a, another target that he can trust outside of DJ Moore. What do you think?
1: Well, two targets. He's, yeah. he, he's, he's got tight end, too. He's got Komet and he's right. and he's got... Uh, DJ, but after that, and then, and Mooney hasn't even played the last two games, whether you want to call him a viable target or not. And, and all the rest are, are guys mm-hmm. right now. You know, so, but start with the offensive line. You start off right away with a, a, a backup center who hasn't really played all year and started a game. And then your right guard goes out in the first quarter. With a foot injury or some some sort of lower leg problem, foot or ankle or something. Uh, and it was a non-contact injury. I just hope it wasn't like a list frank or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we've gotten any update. We may have, I just missed it. But that destroyed really the continuity of the interior of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Basically, having two new people in there, they, the the guy who normally would step in at right guard. And I don't know why he's been inactive the last couple of weeks. Is to Tyree Carter because when he played early in the year, he played damn well. Yeah, and, he, and, and I don't think Cody here, Cody Whitehair, has played right guard that much. You know, I and and hey, Cody's had a good career, but it's done. He's small. He's a pumped up three hundred eight or three hundred ten, and and you know he's just when you got to handle big guys like Green Bay's got, he's just not up to the task anymore, you know? And so you got to do better. And Tev, for whatever reason, somebody pointed out, you know, he just had a new baby and maybe that had something to do with it. But that wasn't the same player we've been seeing for the last two years. Right. You know, it was like, where's his head at?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he actually apologized on social media for his performance. Yeah, I saw that said it came at the worst time possible and
1: uh yeah i mean i thought i thought it was absolutely the worst game of his career and i think we can be very very fair in saying that i mean he just his his run blocking was all right his his pass blocking was atrocious
0: mm-hmm. what do you make of tevin jenkins uh, do you invest in him by extending his contract or not uh, yet yeah, it does seem like it's 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 a risky
1: move. Yeah, no, I know I think you gotta wait another year. And if it ends up costing you a lot of money, it ends up costing you a lot of money. But you don't wanna you don't wanna put good money after bad. You gotta right. be fairly certain. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's had a history he he's had his play's been more up than down, but he has had some injuries. So how can you Fairly say, I want to extend this guy, right? You know, and, and think it's a smart investment. Now, if you get them at a real, real reasonable price and you say for another two years or something, that's a different story. You know, something like they did with, with Billings, but not to, to go give them a four year deal or something like that. I think it's way too early to even think about it. Yeah, indeed.
0: Um, Somebody in the chat, let me see if I can find um, John O'Halloran. The O-line and D-line struggled against Green Bay. Does that change your strategy for the draft in any way? I do think that there you need to shore up this offensive line perhaps a little bit more than I thought four weeks Well,
1: ago. number one, you need a center, and, and, I mean, that's a given. Personally, we talked about it last week. Yeah. I go the veteran route. Mm-hmm. I just not, I just don't trust a rookie at that position, especially when the other guys are young around him. Mm-hmm. But now, right now it looks like, you know, the free agent signing they had last spring at, at right guard might not pan out, you know? So, and a lot of his was, was personal issues and injury, right? You know, he's had a couple injuries. His mom died. Is it all on him? Because, you know, you go back and I said this thing about, you know, the same thing last year about the center. You go back and you look at the tape the year before and the guy's pretty damn good. That's mm-hmm. why I got the money. He got Right. You know, right. and really for a couple of years. So. But. is it? Are you going into next year saying he's the absolute answer? I don't I don't think so. I don't think it's fair to say that, you know, so. You gotta have competition and you may have competition in Carter, but I want to know why Carter was inactive.
2: Yes. You know,
1: is is he in the doghouse right now? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, my my thought in the back of my head, we talked about it was you know, could he be the answer at center? But you gotta be the you gotta have the right mentality to play center, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, I told you like I had a text conversation with Olin. Uh, last week, and I read read the text, and, and you know he's kind of like me. He said, if you got a real right quarterback who can read defense as well, and you got some veterans on the offensive line, you can get away with a rookie center. Mm-hmm. But you've got to really get into that kid, you know, during the the draft prep and find out what's going on upstairs with him, because the center is really asked a lot. It's more about the mental than the physical. A lot of them got the physical. They got to have the melt. And now, if you brought in a another veteran guard, <coughs> and and he turned out to be the answer, well, yeah, then you could draft a guy, and you don't have to use a first round pick on a center. You can get one right. down the road a little bit and get a damn good one.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, part of uh, Ryan Poles' plan was to get some stability in that offensive line, and it seems like he's a little further away than he
1: would like. And I you know, know. They, well, yeah, I, I I think there's not the consistency, and part of it has been injuries. Because in fairness, the line has actually played pretty good the last few weeks until Sunday,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Sunday. Was it, it? It's like um, Patrick Manley said. Looks like Getsy just, you know, brought out the the game one game plan and and, and went <laughs> with it again. <laughs> you know what? And he's probably right. I mean, you know, because it was an absurd game plan. I remember, I, you know, I, I posted on X. I go, does this guy got any short passes in his arsenal? Then like. Two plays later, he throws a short pass for completion and a first down to DJ. You mm-hmm. know that's how you combat some of his stuff is get do quick acting plays. He's got all these plays set up that are so long to get off, so to speak. You know, and and the downfield throws are long patterns that put a lot of onus on the offensive line to do a great job blocking. They got to block for like three seconds. How about boom, throw? And it doesn't have to be a bubble. You know, it could be a quick slant or something like that. They're always there. I was like watching last night. I I must have saw those plays a dozen times before I fell asleep. (laughs) See, they even do it in college. Why can't this guy do that? You know, the the idea is to move the freaking ball. You don't have to get first down on the play. Get six or seven. In fact, that's the whole idea of this offense: is to you can use the pass game to complement the run game by keep just staying ahead of the chains.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Coach T has uh, a question. The Packers were only eight points better than us on Sunday, and we were, as you mentioned, Greg, banged up. Played like crap on defense, yep. and gets he pissed down his own leg.
1: Are You're we really?
0: <laughs> are we really that far off, Greg?
1: No, I, I, I and I honestly believe that because I think the fair thing to do is you have to look at the big picture. In fact, Neil Stupinski, am I saying his name right? Uh, Stopchinski. Stop. He sent me a text. Uh, actually, DM. I got to find it here. Mm-hmm. and uh
0: neil yeah, works at the bar room does a lot of draft right. stuff for us uh great guy
1: a great yeah, guy talking about the you know the hiring and firing and all that And he goes mm-hmm. people have been hiring and firing poles fluce, ever and and uh fields all season on a play-by-play basis but how could you expect anything different and that's what mm-hmm. it is here and and <laughs> i hate true. to to criticize fans but they are so wishy-washy mm-hmm. you know it, it's i use the term earlier in the offseason or earlier in the season it's all about instant gratification
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know mm-hmm. so you know everybody wanted to keep loose on saturday that yeah. sunday's a fucking bum get him out of here you know it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. and who's to say like you talk, that anybody you're going to bring, it's the same with the quarterback. Who's going to say that Caleb Williams is any better than Justin? You know, we can go back. I had this text conversation with uh, David Kaplan after the game on Sunday. You know, and he goes, you know, they pass on Stroud," And I said, David, don't even go there. Stroud couldn't touch Justin Fields' jockstrap. No mm-hmm. state. When you look at the numbers, you look at the games won, you look at the big games won, he couldn't, he got blown up by freaking Michigan mm-hmm. two years in a row. He couldn't get him in a big ball game. Fields got them to the national championship game. Pretty much the same type of talent. In fact, Justin Stroud had better receiver talent. Now, Fields had great, he had a lave and and, and those guys but hey, Stroud's got Harrison and the other guys. I mean, he's got some really good players, too. And he had a better line than last year than Fields ever had. You know, so I don't I want to hear that. Stroud got himself in a good situation with a damn good offensive coach. Okay. And, <clears throat> and the more I watch and the more I think about it, I think that's JF's problem poor guy has never been freaking coached since they walked in the league. At least not properly. Yeah. You know, I talked to one G and he said, he goes, I don't know what's so hard to see. Mm-hmm. Do what Philly does. They're the same type of player. Run this, you know, do a lot of half field stuff, have them moving, throwing on the move, a lot of rollouts. play to his strengths instead of forcing him to do what, is not totally natural to him. Mm-hmm. Indeed. But you know what happens? And I and, and I got this from an agent too, because it's interesting. Is that some guys are married to a system and not married to how to work that system? Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and he used a, and I don't want to use the name, but i because of the you know, the players he represents and stuff. But he used uh, uh, O'Connell up in Minnesota as a uh, point of emphasis, I guess, on this. And he goes, he's married to the system, but doesn't know how to interchange the players. He loses Cousins, and all of a sudden they go down because Cousins can play within that system the way O'Connell wants him to play. Mm Because he's a, a veteran, bright guy, you no, know, he's got some limitations, but he can do everything they want him to do. He goes, down. You, you know, you got backups in there, and you bring in Dodds, who's a literally a rocket scientist. <laughs> you know, that's right. And <laughs> uh and he go, Oh, he's so smart, I can pile him up with information. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I think and so I just think. You get locked in with – well, let me back up a little bit. First of all, I don't think Gutsy's a good play caller.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: think he has a feel to call plays. He might be a good quarterback coach to teach fundamentals and all that. I mean, I can't tell you that because I've never seen him do that. I know he can't call a game. I've seen that for two years. He doesn't have a feel. He doesn't know how to attack weaknesses. He always keeps going back to the well. Oh, well, this is working. I'm going to go back to it seven more times in this game. <laughs> you know, that, and it, it's – then you see a guy like Mike McDaniel at Miami who brought up in the same system. They're all Shanahan system guys. And, and you know, Lafleur and all those guys worked for Shanahan in Washington. When, when Shanahan was the O.C. And, you know, McDaniels never called a play until last year when he goes down to Miami. And going into that job, and he got it, everybody in Miami and around the league was, who was going to be gone? They're going to get another quarterback. This guy can't play. I was like, well, I think he can play. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you how he can play. Because he knows how to do it, you know, and, and it's like it, it, it's not—it's not a difficult thing. Get the right person who knows how to play, or or teach, or work and work with the guy that you're playing to his strengths.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I hope I'm making sense. I mean, you know,
0: you you people are
1: here, people here just want to have change, and you know what happens when you have change? You suck every year.
2: Mm-hmm. You're going to
1: fire the head coach after two years? Okay, guess what? Two years, you're going to be looking for another one. And two years after that, you're going to be looking for another one because you never get satisfied.
0: Do you think that uh, Lafleur outcoached Eberflus on Sunday?
1: <clears throat> yeah, and I think – and I and I thought about this going into the game. For whatever re- – I don't know if it's outcoached Eberflus, but for whatever reason – and the secondary, which has been playing very tight coverage in the last five, six weeks, they go into this game and they were playing, I mean, they were given 10, 12-yard cushions because one guy's out. Yeah, not that, that guy was out three-quarters of the game last week Yeah, and they weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. But then Smith got hurt, but Smith played at least the first half before he got hurt. And then they had to go to Jones, but it's. But I think, when you look at Green Bay defending the Bears, Lafleur knows Getsy. Getsy worked for him. Yep. And I, it, I, I just think, Getsy doesn't have any balls when it comes. You know, it's like, you know, that's one of his mentors in the in, in the just plays it too close to the vest instead of going out and I'm going to beat this motherfucker.
0: Yeah. I should have, I should have gotten some of DJ Moore's post game comments or is actually he's being nice. Yeah. He did meet with the media yesterday and he basically said, we have to find our identity. Are we going to be an explosive teams? Because I think we have explosive players that can make big things happen. Or are we going to be uh, a, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, yeah, oh, be a conservative uh, team. And I think he he's frustrated, and a b- bunch of other people are probably frustrated that that he didn't take uh, more chances. And by the way, I do want to share this from Coach T because he totally got what you were talking about with coaches who are married to one style but don't know how to employ. Mm-hmm. He goes, they are copy and paste coaches. They copy the playbook mm-hmm. but never learn how to coach the concepts of the system I think that's very astute
1: well you don't know the you don't know the intricacies and how to attack Mm -hmm. football's a chess game Mm -hmm. okay so you I've got to attack your weaknesses and these are you and you study you find out what the weaknesses are (laughs) Right. exactly and you attack them I didn't see this offense doing that once all year last two years
0: all right. So the big question is the silence coming from Hallis Hall. And uh, one of our early arrivals here had this question regarding Uh, uh Are you surprised, Greg, that Getze hasn't been fired yet? Do you think they might run it back with him? Do you think they might run
1: back with him next season? No, no. I think they're trying to be honest with themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, I do think this, and I I put a lot of thought into this one. I don't think for a second, if Fluce wasn't going to be here, they would allow him to go through exit interviews with players. Makes no sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So because of that, to me, that was a very bright sign saying he's back. The other stuff I think is is calculated, they're going through talks, and it could be, now I'll put a little caveat on this, because we don't know how loyal, there's some coaches that are very loyal to their assistants. And mm-hmm. if you say, Aldo, you gotta get rid of this guy. I'm not getting rid of him. Guess what? We're getting rid of you then. <laughs> So make, Who do you want me to get rid of, make, of again? <laughs> yeah, seriously. And so, <laughs> and, and, and you got to go through that, and and then it's. But I think there's reality is is that there you got to go through it, really position by position. Did we get what we want out of these players? Did they develop the way we want them to develop? Are they growing? Are they going in the right direction? And you do that, and then you make a decision, you know what? I gotta change this one, this one, and this one. Now we know there's a DC job open, but is there a really a DC job open? Because you know, he did a, a credible job running the defense throughout the last game. Yeah, and so are you gonna say, hey, it's better for you to coach this team from your strengths and your strengths are running the defense. And you can hire a coordinator in name. It's like Matt Nagy's a coordinator for Kansas city, but Andy Reid runs the offense, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's different coaches that call the plays on offense. There's some coaches that call the plays on defense. They don't have the title. They don't need the title. They're the head coach. They got that title. That that one circumvents everything else. So um I think that could be the thing, but I wouldn't be. I'm gonna say at least three changes are are coming and maybe more. And that doesn't count like quality control people. Okay. I'm talking about position okay, coaches, because the quality control guys, you wanna move those guys around. They want to move around, they want to grow. So if they can get a, you know, go to college or, or whatever and get a a position job versus a quality control that I which is, you know, like an analyst, um, you know, they're going to do that, you know. So, uh, you know, but I think of what's we know there's running back job open because that guy's gone, and we know there's a DC job open. You know, is there going to be any more?
0: Right. Um. Does it seem weird to you that if they are going to change offensive coordinators, why hasn't that been done yet? Because you want to give Luke an opportunity to get out there and start looking for work. You want to, you know, not bypass and not lose somebody potentially to another team that you might have interest in. Why is this, you know, it's Tuesday at 1.30 p.m. Why hasn't Something happened.
1: Well, uh, okay, it's a logical question, but I I figured out a a logical answer. Number one, some of the guys you want might be playing. You can't hire them anyway. Gotcha. Okay, so if they're they're playing play, if you're bringing a guy in from college, he's available. Mm
2: -hmm. But he's going
1: to be, you know, somebody else could scoop him up. Yeah. Then, but I I still think you want to go through, and it's not only. Okay, we're going to make a change. But now, Getze was hired because Fluce specifically wanted this scheme. And as we've said many times, there's nothing wrong with the scheme. The scheme is proven to be a winner over and over again. It's how you use and incorporate the scheme. And so it would be easy on the players. From a learning standpoint, if you brought in a coach that is already familiar with that type of scheme, Mm -hmm. okay, are those those guys available? I got a little list here, but I'm not going to give it out until there's a job available. Fair enough. You know me, I don't do it. Um, There's a few guys on this list that are... Very, very familiar with this type of scheme. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or is it, no, you know what? We missed on this one. We got to do something different. Mm -hmm. And then that opens it up. And, you know, my list right now is, and it's probably an incomplete list. One, two, three. I got seven names. And probably reality is none of those seven are going to be on their list, but... I got seven from the little research I did, and it's, I'll put it this way, it's seven people, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a bad day, so, just got to be No problem, with me.
0: we understand, no problem.
1: Um, it's seven people, I think a few of them are very, very capable of doing it, I know for yes. a fact, but there's others, I want to talk to them and find out. Mm-hmm. And that's why you go through interview. Actually, like Carolina, I think is interviewing ten head coach candidates and nine GM candidates. And some people, well, like, that's going overboard. Why? They failed the last couple of times. Supposedly, I don't think Frank got a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that Frank is one of the guys I have on the list, and, and mainly because. Everybody I talked to speaks so highly of him. Mm-hmm. He's really a good person. He's a good teacher. He's great with quarterbacks. Um, and he and he runs his system isn't locked into one thing. He kind of uses a lot of different stuff. And that starts back to his days with the Bills and Ted Marchabrota running the offense there and Jim Kelly being the quarterback, and Frank was the backup. You know, it was the K-Gun offense and was one of the most explosive offenses in football at the time. There's pieces of that. There's pieces of other guys that he's learned from, and he just tries to make it work. You know, he got to. Now, could he work with a guy like Justin, who's very, very mobile? I don't have the answer to that. You know, I know with the. the He's got a closest with Floos there. We know that connections there. Okay. Um, I know he's very capable, mm-hmm. but can he do what's best for, for Justin? Assuming Justin's going to be here, and I really think he is, only because I don't trust anybody you're going to draft. First of all, you draft somebody, you're saying no to next year. Right off the bat, we're sitting here pissing and moaning a year from today. Oh, fuck, they only won four games. <laughs> you know, what? Well, CJ Stroud won a lot of games in Houston. That happens once in 20 years. So let's be serious.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, it's not an everyday. Rookie quarterbacks lose. Do you want to lose again? No. <laughs> okay. No.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> lots of debate in the chat room regarding Justin. And if people
1: want to argue, they can. I mean, I'm 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 glad to. Uh, Well,
0: we've got plenty of people who would love to argue with you. (laughs) Um, Justin Fields, you know, a lot of people are divided on him. And um, here's the thing that infuriates them even more. Jordan Love, in his first season as a starter, throws for over 4,000 yards. He really doesn't have an experienced wide receiver core. Let's Some see. of those receivers were rookies that he had to rely on. His number one receiver, Christian Watson, who is only a second-year player, was injured all season, second or third year. year. Uh, and, and so, you know, he did a lot more passing than uh, Justin Fields, who has started for – and a half seasons your thoughts on that
1: who's got the better
0: coach coach definitely matt lafleur has proven that he's an outstanding coach there's no doubt about it rest my case okay right there so adice darren just asked so Flus has to pick and if he is retained as as coach he and the upper management folks have to pick an offensive coordinator who fits Justin Fields' talents, unlike Luke Getze? correct?
1: Yeah, I, like I say, you, you can use Fields' talents within that scheme. Getze mm-hmm. didn't know how to do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but, yeah, you got to have a guy who's got the wherewithal to do what's right, adjust your scheme to play to the strengths of your players. But see, here's here's some of the thing you gotta think, and and, and this is why I'm I'm kind of against making a, a ton of changes. Some you can't, but <clears throat> they've spent, first of all, they stripped down the team last year. We can all agree on that. <clears throat> Got rid of the what, <clears throat> what they perceived to be was gonna be dead wood or they didn't want to pay or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you throw out that year. Then you, the, the talent you've drafted the last two years and the free agents that you signed have all been geared to play on the defensive side within that, that scheme.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you bring in another head coach who wants to run uh Let's just say you, you want to bring in uh, um, Wink Martindale to run the defense. He didn't run with loose runs and he uses entirely different type of people, especially on the interior defensive line. Right. You spent two high draft picks on, on guys that really are, are starting to, to shine, and you already extended billings. Jones is coming out of contract. But are those guys fit for what Wayne Martindale likes to do? Not really. So now you got to start changing things again. Do you see where I'm going here? It, Absolutely. It's like changing. You bring in coaches, you're changing schemes, and you're changing players. And, and you've spent the better part of two years trying to find players that can play within a certain scheme. Because, believe it or not, scheme fit is everything in the NFL right now. You got Now, you can vary a little bit on offense. But on offense, let's take the offensive line. What have they gone out and gotten? Athletic offensive linemen that can play in space. Right. Because they want to use some outside zone. But the good thing about that, some of these guys are pretty damn big too now. They can play another type of scheme if you ask them to but they're athletic enough to play that outside scheme. So it's easier to stay with what you have there, in my opinion, than it is to changing a lot of these players on defense.
0: Greg uh, says about you, Greg, oh gosh, lots of coaches run these schemes. Yeah. So so he's – Perhaps, uh, give us more there, Greg, but perhaps what he is saying is you're blaming getsy for schemes that other coaches
1: are running throughout the league. But it's how he runs the scheme. Mm-hmm. I'm blaming him on how he runs the scheme and how he utilizes players and how he calls plays. And I've said a thousand times, the scheme is a very good scheme. It works. It's a winner. <laughs> okay, can I coach it and be in a better health? I'm not an X and O guy.
0: Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> that's right.
1: You've been the first one to say that. You've always oh, been. No, I can't do better.
0: <laughs> Jeff says, I could be wrong, but I felt like the Bears did a lot of inside running for an outside zone off.
1: You can do You can do that. Yeah. You, you can do that. that that's, that's not a problem. But you, an outside zone team doesn't necessarily mean you're running outside plays right it's the it's block what you're asking your linemen
0: to do all right all right uh boy we've got tons of activity going on here uh drew asked sort of a question that i've asked but what, what do you make of the lack of messaging from the bears thus far no mention of an end year pro, presser or anything and the bears are not obligated to do it uh end of the year uh presser Before, but uh, they they have seven days after the end of the season to have a so they're probably gonna take their time announcing when that presser is, but probably be Thursday or Friday. What do you think?
1: Well, it's obviously not yesterday and it's not today, Mm so you know, the early, you know, will it be before the end of the week? I would assume so. I think the latest they can do it is Monday, Mm -hmm. but really, Monday's the eighth day, correct? They ain't doing it Sunday. Right.
0: Now they have, when uh, Matt Nagy was coaching and he was looking for a defensive coordinator after Vic Fangio left, the league did allow the Bears to go a day or two extra for some reason. I, I don't understand why they would have given the Bears uh, that because other teams don't get it, but they did. So it could I be Monday.
1: You know what? If you're ready to do it, you do it. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. if you're not if you say, hey, I, I need more time, you need more time obviously they're contemplating doing something mm-hmm. something could be nothing but they're yeah. you know they're collaborating to use a word from a couple of years ago that was very popular mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and, and i'm saying that very facetiously uh you know so i think it remains to be seen you know patience just just be patient you know yeah. I thought you know, I tweeted out on Sunday. We'll we'll have answers 24 to 48 hours. Well, it's 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not today. Yeah, and maybe they will. Maybe you'll just hear. You won't have pressure today, but maybe you'll hear. You know, when was it? Last night that uh, Doug Peterson let his whole defensive staff go, right. and a bunch of offensive guys today. Mm-hmm. He fired everybody but the guy who runs the show himself. So,
0: you uh you have been uh outspoken about your desire to not see uh, Jim Harbaugh at Hallis Hall as the new coach of the Chicago Bears. For those people who have not heard you say that before, can you tell us again why you I, don't? I want think he's to- a
1: nutcase, but I I had a conversation with a guy last week who I respect, and he's studied Harbaugh a lot. And I'll tell you who it was. It was Jerry. Okay. okay. And he was telling me that, you know, his some of the stuff he does is very, very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And he's a fan, but he knows the dad real well. And I know the dad. I love the brother. I love John. Awesome. Okay. Jim's a fucking nutcase. Um. He goes sleeps overnight at a recruit's house. Who the hell does that? You know, <laughs> we're gonna have a sleepover.
0: <laughs> you know. um,
1: just don't think it just does some weird things. But anyway, he said, you know, he's studying this, and this is when after um, lovey. Uh, elevated Tice to the O.C. So, actually, Jerry's last year. Mm-hmm. And Jerry's watching thing. He goes, take some film clips down to Tice. He goes, look at what Harbaugh's doing here. I mean, this is really interesting stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Tice got real pissed at him. I'm a fucking expert, you know. And, and Oh, wow. Jerry says, okay, I'm just, you know. Making suggestions. I'm allowed
0: mm-hmm. to do that. So, he de- but, definitely has a lot of idiosyncrasies. And I saw the video of him doing a press conference before the championship game. And he didn't like where the microphone was and the height of the chair and the staging and so forth. And so he wanted it changed out. It took him 30 minutes to find the appropriate setting that he was happy with before right. he answered questions to dozens and dozens and dozens of reporters who were waiting.
1: Right, he's bipolar. Yeah, he know, got to be in the right frame of mind. Yeah. Now, it, it, his teams are good. I'll, I'll say that. But, and I've given, I, I posted it this morning. If somebody can come up with that, I do not recall. I don't think a coach has ever won a national championship turnaround and left that place.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. I okay. And on
1: top of that, he's got a 10-year $125 million offer on the table, which will go up. And he's 60 years old. Why are you going to walk away from that at your yeah. alma mater?
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm serious.
1: Like, First of all, like I say, I've never seen it happen. And it's his alma mater. Why? How do you, how do you walk away from those kids?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: I let, that's if, his. If you are if you are to me and, and i I don't want don't want this to sound like I'm I'm throwing at the wall but it sounds like it's all about me yet he has been trying to create all about the team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I just can't see him I can see him using that as leverage right. And big-time leverage. But remember, the last two years, he's been begging to get in the NFL. Nobody would take him. That's right. Okay, do, so, And that's
0: bad. Do you so, see Harbaugh's championship season with Michigan as stained a little bit because of the suspension he went through for stealing signals? Two,
1: two suspensions.
0: That's right, two. Do you think that's stained a little bit and that hurts his, uh, for lack of a better word, marketability? Marketability in the NFL. No, I,
1: I, I don't think so. I mean, what they are is, I think that the stealing the signals is bigger than the other stuff. Was was some recruiting stuff. Right. Um, the, but in both cases, that was the school and the Big Ten issuing the. Um, Suspensions, I was going to say fine, but suspensions, there might have been some fines. I don't know. The NCAA is still looking at these things. They haven't acted yet. Yeah, weird. There could be more down the road. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, if it goes to the NFL, that's not going to matter. It does matter. There's already a mm-hmm. precedent set. Now, and I tried to explain it on Twitter because I don't know the exact wording of the rules. I don't think the NFL if, if you got a show cause that you can't coach in uh, at a college at the college level because of an NCAA show cause
2: mm-hmm.
1: the, the NFL' is going to let you work through right. that yeah. okay A show cause is not a suspension. Mm-hmm. If he gets suspended, the NFL will honor the suspension. You're not going to circumvent those eight games. And work for me and get the money when you're not, when you couldn't get it there. So that, that's what the NFL does. So it, it's like a, a part A, part B. So mm-hmm. if he got a show cause, like a two-year show cause or a three-year show cause, the league isn't going to prevent him from coaching. But they will say if, if he gets suspended another three or four or five or six games, well, yeah, you can coach the Chargers, but you're missing the first six games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which to me seems like a fair thing to do, you know. If you're punished for something, pay the penalty. Uh, let's go to some questions here. Uh, well, first is this comment: Flex Dig says Jordan Love is better than Justin Fields, and Lafleur is better than Flues. Uh The latter is certainly true. Uh, the Lafleur
1: doesn't have anything to do with the defense, and Lafleur runs the offense, right? And he's got a defensive coordinator that that runs the defense. Mm-hmm. The the real Question should be love is better than Fields, uh, right now, today, yes. Um, but there's still things that Justin Fields can do that not another quarterback in the freaking league can do, you know. So, and you got to give him credit for that. Mm -hmm. There is LaFleur a lot better than Getsey, and that's that's not even they're not even on the same planet.
0: That is for sure, in my opinion, too. Um, Deontay Foreman, he was a healthy scratch again on Sunday. Let me, Wait, let me shut my door. My
1: dog just came in to visit just a second.
0: You you got it. Uh,
1: Give it your report, then.
0: Yeah, I've got um, questions in the queue from Jake or comments. Uh, Evie, uh, Luis, Usama, Drew, Dave, Blue Waves, uh, Zach, Coach T., and a couple more. So if you want to send some over, now is the time. What do you make of Deontay Foreman, Greg, being uh, scratched again from the lineup? It appears that he's healthy. Are they showing him that uh, he's not his services are no longer needed with the Chicago Bears?
1: Well, up until last week, he said something on social media mm-hmm. about it. Not as bad as Claypool did. He vocalized it, not on social media, but he said something. And as soon as I saw that, he said, he's never playing again here. Mm -hmm. That was my own take. Yeah, It's like you shut up and you're buying in. And if you say something, you're done. And that I take is that he maybe has complained a little bit. Maybe fairly, because the guy's pretty good. But you can't take anything away against Khalil Hilbert. Hell, well, two previous games, he ran for over 100, right?
0: Um, I'm not sure he rushed for 100 yards this season. I think his highest was 89.
1: Okay, but uh, he, he had two big games.
0: Yes, he did.
1: Two previous games. And and so now I, I'm a Foreman fan. I personally thought he was the best back they have. Mm-hmm. Um you know, is it Fluze? Was it Getze? The running back coach who was here isn't here anymore. What's mm-hmm. his relationship with the guy who took over? I mean there's a lot of stuff we're never gonna know the answer to.
0: Yeah. I think Michael makes a good point is the draft capital they put into Rashawn, who's considered the other power back on this team, is they wanted to get him snaps. And there's when- no question. Yeah, when uh, Foreman signed with the team, only Khalil Herbert was on the roster. I bet Foreman's unhappiness started when the Bears uh, drafted Rashawn Johnson in the fourth
1: I, I like the guy. Um, mm-hmm. But and, and I admit I'm throwing crap at the wall when I say that. But when I saw the social media thing, because mm-hmm. for some reason it showed up on my line, on my timeline, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I said, this wasn't very smart, buddy. <laughs> and I don't even remember what he said. So, um, but but he
0: he expressed his unhappiness. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I just thought, well, that's he ain't playing this with you. Mm. Uh, it was Sam, like Monday or Tuesday last week.
0: Sam writes: Foreman was the tone setter for the offense that was missing against the Packers. They need someone on offense like like that given the lack of vocal leadership on the team i think there's some validity to what sam is saying here it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of vocal leaders on the offense to fire up the team to get them going and so forth and deontay might might have been a part of uh that void uh, he, he yeah, could have I,
1: I don't think dj is a you know he's never been known as a real vocal guy yeah right um even in his time in Carolina, he's more of an example leader guy. Mm-hmm. Justin is two away. You got to have some people on the line, you know, like like Kruitz was. Mm-hmm. But we had two and for a few years. We had Kruitz and Ruben Brown. And when we brought in Ruben, as good as Ruben was, and he was a multi, he was like an eight-time Pro Bowler when we brought him in. And, you know, with Buffalo, he'd only play in Buffalo. We thought this could be a problem with him and Olin because they're both alphas.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: they both got to be the guy. And Ruben stepped aside. And it's like, I mean, he was a leader. But he was like, this is your team, and I respect that. Very good.
0: Um, we are. I'm being told by Cody that Mike Vrabel was part of the exit interviews yesterday with the Titans, and yet he was fired today. So perhaps it's a growing trend in the league.
1: I don't know. I mean, and I don't know if Vrabel was or he wasn't. Uh, He's been the head coach there for, what, at least six years.
0: I think you're right, yeah. Um,
1: gone through two GMs. And uh, with Rand Carthon being there, I think the last two years, Mm -hmm. I think Rand came in when uh, polls came in. Might have been the year before, but I think the the same year. Um, To me, and I don't care what Tennessee did, that's their. I just don't. I just think if you're going to, and the way they did it, it was polls and loose together. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it and Poles isn't there, it's a little different story then. But Poles right. is there. And I think <clears throat> that shows a unity between the head coach and the GM. Mm-hmm. Because they're both sitting there taking notes and listening. All right. Now, could I be 100% wrong? <clears throat> Absolutely I don't know if I can go an hour and a half today,
0: buddy. Well, you let me know. Um, I'll I'll follow your lead. Dave Luckett says, does respectability at the coaching level have anything to do with Justin not getting calls like the late hits he seems to get every week? Would Harbaugh, who is outspoken and protects players, make a difference? I love Flues, but that may be a real issue. Do you have any thoughts on this, Lee? I can't
1: comment on that because they don't put the camera on. Yeah, right. You know, so how do you know he's not doing anything?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We see people on the sideline jumping around, right? But it's right there. So his job is to go to the lead official, and you know, mm-hmm. and have a conversation. of bitch, he's taken some. <clears throat> Justin has taken some bad hits. The one Sunday was the worst,
2: mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. It was that often. was,
1: you know, that that to me, I, I thought in fact when they pulled him out, I thought it was the right, you know, when the league pulled him out
2: mm-hmm.
1: to mm-hmm. check him out. I thought it was the right thing to do because his head snapped back and hit the turf pretty damn hard.
0: Mm. Um Couple more questions and we'll get you out of here. Uh, no, I know st- a little more
1: because I want. Don't forget, I wanted to talk about Bob.
0: Okay. Uh, so, the
1: losing streak.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, Greg, I asked you about Jordan Love in the preseason, and you had said to wait to see how he plays. How do you think he's played this season? And is the Bears' nightmare coming true? Another Green Bay great quarterback.
1: I think it's I, an honest answer, I, and I have—I don't watch Green Bay every week, mm-hmm. but I think, yeah, the the media is is jumping all over him. I think he's he's been up and down. He's had some really good games. He had a great game against us on on Sunday, but mm-hmm. he's had some not so good games too. And I think that it's still. Remains to be seen. And you know what? I don't care what they have. It's what do we have? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: We got to line up and beat them. And and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you got to change a quarterback. (laughs) It means you got to do something we had an offense this year that my mother and dad have been gone a long time, and they could tell you what the next play is going to be from wherever they're sitting watching. You know? <laughs> That's hilarious. So predictable. And, you know, remember last week I said, Yeah, hey, we're about to for a bubble. Boom, next play. <laughs> that was classic. <laughs>
0: All right, let's talk about this uh losing streak. You sent me a text. Uh people get too fucking emotional, <laughs> especially when it's Scream Bay. When I, I was young, when I was younger and a huge Bills fan, we lost, I think, 18 in a row, and then you corrected it was 20 games in a row okay. to my <laughs> go, okay. go end. Yeah.
1: People around say, Oh, it's Buffalo. And uh, no. <laughs> Every every team's got their rival. Mm-hmm. And since the Bills came into existence in 1960, so 63, 64 years ago, they their main rival has been the Miami Dolphins.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's been a back and forth rivalry as it stands today. Miami leads the rivalry 61 wins to 54 wins in one tie. Okay, now when I was, I started going to Bills games when I was 10 years old. So second year of the franchise, 1961. My parents had season ticket holders, were season ticket holders. I had, you know, went with them every week. And then when the new stadium opened in 1973, so that was the year OJ ran for 2,000 yards, that was the first year that I got my own season tickets. And I had them up until I started working for the Giants 11 years later. So... You know, I was a big fan. Okay, when Don Shula got hired to coach the Dolphins, it wasn't eight games in a row. It wasn't 10 in a row. It was freaking 20, and it was terrible because that was the game. And 20 years, that's 10 years in a row of losing. Yeah. Then it flipped. It went the other way. Mm -hmm. You know, because, I mean, look, at there's a – a seven-game difference now after one team had won 20 in a row. Mm -hmm. You know, right now, Buffalo's won 10 out of the last eleven, including Sunday night. You know, so all I can say is, you know what, it's dark right now. It sucks. I get it. I've already lived through it once. Hmm. You know, but, you know, when you look at all the – we didn't have – obviously, we had no social media back then. But you know, some of the comments you you read and you hear people make aren't necessarily because they lost. It's because they lost the Green Bay. Mm-hmm. That will flip, and there's going to be a time. Who the hell knows when it is? When well, it's going to go the other way? Right. And the cheeseheads are going to lose. Can happen. Enough. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. You know, mm-hmm. but I and I get the frustration, but it's not like it hasn't happened to the fandoms all over the damn country. It happens everywhere, mm-hmm. but we're just here. And so, you know, how many of how many of the people here have lived it somewhere else like I lived it somewhere else? Because I was, mm-hmm. you know, growing up a football fan, that was like that would rip my heart out every year, twice a year. Yeah. You'd go to the game. And, this is the week. This is the week. Guess what? RSK, right, yeah.
0: <laughs> Muckmucka uh, says Jordan Love has does have better coaching. That's pretty clear, and he's worked on his game. Something Justin hasn't done, in my opinion, or else those technical flaws would wouldn't still be there. Do you see technical flaws in Justin's uh, quarterbacking?
1: Uh, I think that if you took out tape of him as a rookie and as a it was finally, you're at Ohio State and you look at him now, you're going to see an entirely different mm-hmm. throwing motion. He's tighter with his footwork. He had used to have this big hitch at the top. Right. And that would slow the delivery. A lot of that is pretty much gone. He gets the ball out of his hand a lot faster. Uh, is he perfect yet? No.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Will he ever be? I don't have the answer to that. Get him a real good coach. Might help a little bit more. I, you know, I can know why it would just really gall me that they traded him and the fucker becomes a, 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 a pro bowl player. Mm. And I, you know, I can sit there and say, Told you. A
0: lot of interest in that list of OCs that you have. J2K is saying, Can you please tell us if Thomas Brown is on that list? No, he's not.
1: No, uh, and, and I'm not gonna, and only because I, I haven't researched that name. Okay. Um, but I will, and uh, you know I try to. You know, one guy's out of a job. I assume he's out of a job, so I'm mm-hmm. the enemy. Yeah. And Frank's really. out of a job. You know, and, and now the enemy. <laughs> Excuse me. He's gonna he's gonna run, what Maggie ran, or similar. Very similar. And the enemy is going to – be on, the enemy is a old-school, I'm going to kick your ass coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be a fit for everybody, but I really like what Patrick Mahomes said. We really miss him because he yeah. held everybody accountable. Even though Andy was the play caller, the enemy was the tone setter. Blink. I, you know, I grew up in the age when that's all you had was tough Yeah. coaching. You know, so, I mean, I remember we, we <laughs> I had a coach, he, just for the, it got to be a game. And because he knew if he didn't, he had to yell at me and always, and so we do it on Fridays, just yell at me for 10 minutes. And then he'd start laughing. He goes, now I know you're going to play good. You know, <laughs> and, you know, and I, you know, I'd almost look at him and go, You haven't yelled at me yet. Come on. You know? I love it. <laughs> <You> know, <so laughs> it did. It, it became a joke, but it, it's. You know, yeah. And yeah, I could have been doing everything right, but it, it's just that why did my legs go
0: off? Well, so, they your cleaning crew you know, probably. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and,
1: so, uh, but it, it's. Like say, I, I I don't mind tough coaching because that's – that's the, the entire time I played football, that's all I was used to. Indeed. Okay. So you missed to play when you didn't do something right, they reamed you new re- uh, rear end.
0: <laughs> and nowadays, they just pat you on the ass and say, you can do better next time. <laughs> Rick Ruder wants to know, what do you think of Pep Hamilton? I think Love he, him. Yeah, I think he's on record as saying he loves him. I had a really good question here regarding um, – well, first of all, Chicago's Finest wants to ask you, were you surprised that Vrabel was fired today?
1: No. Hmm. I tell you, he's He's been there a while, and the last two years, Tennessee's gone really downhill, and they were a playoff team before that. I mean, they, they fell off the cliff. They sure you know, maybe he Maybe he needs a change. He said he was hired by one GM, that guy got fired, <clears throat> they brought in another one. And you know, are these guys really on the same page? I mean, we're not there, we don't know. But a lot of the players on that team are the guys he's pretty much hand picked, yet they haven't shown up the last two years. I, you know, I don't think you can compare it to this situation. Because the situation here, I mean, we saw it was a teardown last year. Absolutely.
0: Larry T. wants to know, uh, does Greg know who recommended Phil Snow and John Hoke to the Bears? If you receive good advice from a certain source, should the Bears continue to
1: use that source? Well, I think Snow was strictly a flu sky, but I don't know that for sure. He is, yeah. I never asked John what the connection was. <laughs> John... John's brother is Brady Hoke, if you know who Brady Hoke is. Brady Hoke was a head coach at Michigan for a while. I mean, you know, it's a coaching family. Right. John was here on Lovey's staff. He was close with Marinelli. Flues listens to Marinelli. I think he's the best defensive back coach I have ever been around, with Steve Wilkes being a very, very close second, and Lovey had both of them. Well, we could hire DB coaches now. And, you know, so I I think it might have something to do with with Marinelli, but I don't know that for sure. The the one thing, I want to say this because it came to my mind earlier. Used to be in the NFL, and even in college, you let the coach pretty much handpick a staff. Mm-hmm. And in recent years, that has changed, where the front office is more involved in the staff. And then you know some people will go, "Watch that! The coach should be able to pick who he wants." Mm-hmm. Coaches live in a very narrow world, mm-hmm. and they know the people they've worked with. So they've been on this staff, this staff, this staff, this staff. Those are the people they know. They don't necessarily know the thousands of other guys out there. You know, if they're good, bad, or indifferent. And, you know, when you're coaching, you're totally immersed in it. I mean, the days are crazy for like seven months a year. <laughs> you don't see your family. Forget it. You know. <laughs> Honey, I mean, I'll, I'll see
0: you in January. You know.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm going to live a celibate life now. But, um, you
0: better, she'd say. <laughs> so is <was> she.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> Indeed. <so>
1: anyways, <laughs> but scouts, front office people, they're always out and about. Mm-hmm. They're seeing different things. And I think I said this <clears throat> a while ago. One of our scouts jobs was to scout coaches. Mm. And and when you're on the road and a coach stands out to you, we mm-hmm. want to know who he is. If he's a coordinator, a position coach, that's how Marinelli got in the league. Mm-hmm. True story. They know that he was at Cal, and Jerry made a couple schools calls at Cal, and he kept going back because he was so amazed at how this guy could teach.
2: Hmm.
1: So he went to Tony Dungy and said, "Tony, you got to hire this guy. I've never seen anybody like him." Hmm.
0: That 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 whole idea of uh, scouting coaches is absolutely the way to go you have to have a pipeline of potential coaches you know you got to have a file and and it's got to be a concerted effort to find out where the talent is in the league where, where are the innovative thinkers where are the guys right, right. who are unheralded uh but but uh, really deserve uh praise mm-hmm. for their coaching
1: i absolutely. i don't you know i'm not trying to be negative here but more often than not, coaches gravitate towards guy they, guys they know and they work with. Mm-hmm. Okay? So rather than, <clears throat> I don't know this guy from Michigan who could be an up-and-comer. So I, I'm, I'm going to stay away. Now, in fairness to Lovey, our first staff here with Lovey, we had a bunch of guys come from college. And they, Gerald Drake, God damn, was he good. They rest in peace. One of the nicest guys, too. You know, he died four years ago. He had a heart attack. And you know, Darrell was here for a number of years, developed a lot of good receivers here. Came from the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. Boy, did he have some recruiting stories, too, about, you know, what really went on in the recruiting back in the day. <laughs> oh, and, cool. <laughs> but uh, just, just a super guy and a great coach. Wasn't a screamer, but he could help he really knew how to hold you accountable. And but anyway, he leaves here, goes to Arizona, and then he ends up at Pittsburgh. And he's at Pittsburgh, and he's not feeling good in training camp four years ago. And so they send him to the hospital. And he has a heart, he had a heart attack. You gotta stay here for a few days. No, I gotta get back to camp. Dropped dead that night. Wow. So sad. Oh, and and just one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life.
0: Jeff Willis, one of the tandem that brings you the Willis Twin Towers podcast on Fridays, asks, do you still think the Bears feel good about Braxton Jones to avoid spending one of their first rounders on Alton Faschner? What uh, makes you believe that he's going to
1: continue to grow? Because he's got better natural traits than either one of those guys. And I like both those players.
0: Mm. Wow, that's that's quite a statement. So if uh Brad...
1: natural traits, that's saying yeah, it, it, it don't forget, it says it until I'm blue in the face. This guy goes, you know, he he wasn't a anything close to a finished product coming out of a small Utah high school.
2: Mm -hmm. And he goes
1: Mm to Southern Utah, which is a very low FCS-level program. He's learning how to play now. But to find a guy that big, that athletic, that long, that's what we scout for. Mm -hmm. Now, you you can compare the numbers when the combine comes up. Maybe I'm wrong. There's no way you're going to tell me that – Pashano or all, and all has pedigree. His dad was an all all. pro. His dad played better than 10 years in the league, Kansas City, went to Mm -hmm. Iowa. And, but you're not going to tell me that they're going to test better than as a pure athlete than Braxton Jones. And he is a, and he's still, still a puppy. And so, you know, you're not going to tell me that either one of those guys, as good as they are, and they're they're good prospects. Both of them should go in the top ten. But are they going to be better than him next year than Braxton is in his third year? I don't think so. I think you're just starting to see how – yeah, I admit I could be wrong on this. I just – there's some players that jump out at me because of the talent that they have, and he's one.
0: Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in year three because that should be the year where he starts to show us peak performance, at least more consistent uh, peak performances. The bull rush, he still allows defensive ends to get into his chest. Danny Shimon did a breakdown on it a few weeks ago yeah. on Perform 55. Still allows those defensive ends to get their helmet into the chest and, and push them out. Uh, so more strength needed, but I, I agree with you. The guy has all the traits and he's got the smarts too. So uh, check him out. Very,
1: very, very well-spoken kid.
0: Oh, and, my and, goodness. And he's, Love him. he's
1: very astute, but on top, he's a worker. Mm-hmm. He worked with Olin all during the off season on weak points. <clears throat> he knows he's not a finished product,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And so the foot. One of the things I talk about a lot, and I'm very big on his football character. His football character is way up here, and you win with those guys. Yeah. You don't give up on. Them. Now, there is. I could see a scenario. I don't know if he's thick enough in the lower body to be a premier guard, but could you move him inside and draft one of those guys? and and you know i wouldn't say it's totally out of question yeah but you know everybody wants to you know zero in on certain players mm-hmm. for the draft and right now you know it's it's january 9th can't do that now very early. We you, got one thing at a time, and the next player acquisition thing is free agency, and we're going to mm-hmm. see. It. Oh, they got to sign this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Not going to work that way. He's going to sign it because he. It's a lot of it's geared towards the cap, and how he wants to spread that money around at each particular position. I cannot see him, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I just can't see him spending another 20 million on an edge player when the smart thing to do is draft one. Exactly. You know, and and look at the, you know, look what, what Robinson did at, at, or Anderson rather, did it at, at uh Houston this year as a rookie. Mm-hmm. they can make an impact and and you got to get the right guy and I'm doing a, a little reversal I did more on verse, I was a little down on verse I saw some things I think it was in the Florida game that um, the Florida-Florida State game mm-hmm. that I just you know I thought well, there's a little tightness in his hips, you know he can't turn that corner as good as he want. but then I saw I did more work and I saw him do some things that I didn't see him do before. So I'm coming off of that. That's why you got to just keep watching and watching and watching because you always, the more you watch, the more you find. And it answers questions that you have in your head.
0: Swifty is very happy that you're coming around on verse. Um, Got a question for you regarding. Don't
1: uh, number one though, Swifty. Layton's <laughs> yeah. number one and it's hands down. He just uh, got to pass the freaking medical.
0: Mm-hmm, indeed. Um, Danny Shiman just texted me and said that he would love to see Vrabel brought in as a coordinator, defensive coordinator, and who was? Oh, Arthur Smith, recently fired from the Atlanta Falcons.
1: That was the uh, name I was going to put down. On the OC list? Good offensive mind. Mm-hmm. Not a head coach.
0: Doesn't seem like it. He had, he had. What do you think about the way he handled the end of the game? He went over to the New Orleans Saints coach and he was really upset that they, out of the victory formation, ran it in for a touchdown. I,
1: I got two comments on that. Okay. Why don't other people do that? To me, it's an easy seven, you know, like <laughs> do it. <laughs> and I've heard, um, I've heard some coaches say, Hey, man. Your job's to stop me. Yeah, right. My job's not to make it easy for you. Right. But, you know, I I see why I was bitching. I understand that. Game was over. Mm -hmm. But he didn't know the rest of the story. The players did it on their own to get the one player a touchdown. Yeah. That's right.
0: According to uh, Jameis Winston, that is indeed why they did it. I can understand why Arthur Smith was angry. He knew he was going to get fired. So he was probably tense all day. And then that happened. Right. Uh, and this head coaching career probably.
1: <laughs> um, but, you know, Brable... Could Bravel coach with these guys? You know, I, I have to really study. I mean, he's a big. Belichick guy, people got him all wrapped up in in bows going to New England. Who the hell knows what's going to happen there?
0: Tim wants to know, do you think that drafting a wide receiver is still a must for the Chicago Bears?
1: Yeah, I just don't think it's going to be with their very first pick. Yeah, it'll be with one. Well, it depends where that very first pick is. I do not think they're going to be drafted Excuse me, with the first pick in the draft. Right, as it stands today. So There's- where where do they end up going? Mm-hmm. And I could see. Okay, now you look at who needs a quarterback: Washington,
2: mm-hmm. New England,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Atlanta. Yep. And um,
0: and a lot of people in the chat say Chicago,
1: <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> we already talked about Minnesota, Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Cousins will go back to Minnesota on a multi-year deal. He will not go back on a one-year deal. He'll go somewhere else on a one-year deal. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and he's talked... He, reportedly, he's talked to the Minnesota brass and said, you know, I think I would be a perfect bridge quarterback. I, I'll be here two or three years, and then your quarterback will be yeah. ready to go.
1: He he wants to... he From them, he said they've had their opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so... And they didn't do it, so now it's okay. Now, if you want me, you've got to pay me for more than one year. And, and there you go. That's it. That's his right. So, you know, that remains to be seen what's going to happen there. On that, uh, the ideal trade down would be two, mm-hmm. go to two or three, and then say go to minus or Atlanta or somebody like that. That's what he wanted to do last year. He wanted to go to Indy and then, then to Carolina. <clears throat> but, you know, Ballard didn't want to jump. said, so right. I'll take my chances.
0: We've talked about this before, but Doug brings it up again. What do you think of Josh McCown as the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears as a candidate? Is he on that list of yours?
1: <laughs> no, and, and I don't know if Josh is ready. Yeah. I mean, shit, he played for a million years, and he was mm-hmm. a quarterback coach this year. Mm-hmm. Big question here. Okay, Frank gets fired. Why does the interim coach let Josh go? He let a couple really good coaches go. Yeah, Deuce Staley yeah. is like, no. Nah. That's a guy I'd love to see here. Want to see one of the best running back coaches in football? Deuce Staley. And he'll fire your ass up. Yeah. I've worked with Deuce before. He is a ball of fire.
0: Interesting. I don't, I you know, and this is based on what I saw on Hard Knocks last season when they followed the Lions and and Deuce was coaching with Detroit. It, it just seemed like he was such an attention-seeking guy. And and in a lot of that, too, is with the producers and HBO. They use certain things that give right. you an impression. So I shouldn't base my opinion on that. But,
1: uh, well, it's good you know hear. what's interesting about that is their coordinator looked like a boar. Johnson, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you want to go on that, and you say you're going to hire him as your head coach, <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you ain't kidding, man. Um, let's see. I'm going to get a couple more out of the way here, and then we'll. Uh,
1: if call I can take it, make it.
0: okay. i um, I can. You are. You're doing a great job, and we're almost at that 90 minute mark. Um, Brandon and Kelly want to know what is your opinion of running more twelve personnel and maybe drafting Brock Bowers from Georgia. I think him and Cole Kamek would present great issues for defenses with DJ on the outside.
1: Okay, I was waiting for this one. <laughs> for this team, for this team today, Brock Bowers is a luxury pick. Nothing, nothing wrong with Brock Bowers. Good player. He's a move tight end, but you're going to use a top 10 pick for a number two tight end because come that's the number one.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Am I right or am I wrong on it? You're right. Absolutely. Okay. So you're using a top 10 pick for your number two tight end. And now obviously we think there's going to be a different OC, Mm -hmm. but how many targets did the backup tight ends get this year? besides hardly any. And, you know, was that them or was that the OC? Yeah. Well, I can't, you know, I, Tanya's a guy who's had 50 catches the last two years. Mm-hmm. Comes here and he's, where is he? I can't, people don't jump off the earth like that.
0: You would think not. Um... But I,
1: I, I can't see Bowers, you know, if, if to me, if he's your last piece of the puzzle, that's the same way I feel about not taking anything away from Marvin Harrison. But you don't take Marvin Harrison at three when you got three or four other receivers in this draft that are equally as good. And some people think better. There's some people that got Harrison at three, not one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I personally got him at two. I got neighbors at number one. Um there's not there. There's three that are worthy a top ten, but they won't go in the top ten because it's very, it's rare that three have gone in the top ten, but it's rare. Right. Um. But I think there's only once or twice in the, if you go back ten years. I know the Atlanta guy did. Uh, you know, went four or five. But he hasn't lived up to that four or five draft spot, you know, with his production. So is that is that his fault? Is it did they overdraft him or what? So I I just think no you got you gotta take these priority positions and you gotta build up your your trenches. You have to get an edge. There's no question about it. He hasn't read I agree. And, you know, you might have to get another offensive lineman. I would say right now that there are two ones today in no particular order would be, depending on where they're picking, would be an an edge and a receiver. Mm -hmm. But what's funny is that, you know, where we were used to, you know, for weeks and months we saw nothing but Gotta get Marvin Harrison, gotta get Marvin Harrison. Then yesterday I started to see a lot of Odunze. Because he had that big game last week.
0: But I I love his size and route running ability. Uh I, I really like him. I, I haven't I haven't I seen
1: think, I honestly think that both neighbors and odunze are better after the catch than Marvin Harrison.
0: Mm, that's a big statement.
1: Okay now. I think Neighbors is a better route runner, and I think he plays faster. Now, playing faster and time faster are two different things, you know, because, you know, I'm looking at play speed. When you watch Neighbors on tape, he doesn't get separation a little every few plays. He gets it a lot every play. He does. (laughs) He gets out of a cut so freaking fast and just leaves the guy in the dust.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he, somebody said, "Well, he's similar to DJ." Well, so what? What's wrong with that? You know, and, and the thing is, if, if they're going to have a new OC here, you don't necessarily need that big X. Let's mm-hmm. find out what they're going to do first. If you got to have that big X, okay, then you know, a Dunze or a or a Harrison become, I think, a little bit more important, but. Hey, I'll take any of the three. I'm happy.
0: There you go. Same here. I'd love for them to really work yeah, on. Florida
1: State's pretty damn good, too.
0: Yeah, very good. Keon Coleman. Um, that's a, a fairly decent crop of uh, wide receivers
1: yeah. coming out. It's so. real, real, real strong. All right. And look so at I, like, uh, Laporta. Hey, hey, he won a first-round pick. That was your guy, by the way. You were yep. a lot higher on him than me. Yeah,
0: I was. I, I really liked him. And uh, he's going to be the offensive rookie of the year, I believe. So,
1: well, might be.
0: But he's not going to play in the playoff game. So, that. No. Hurts what was to... his
1: injury, did they say?
0: I think it was a, a knee injury.
1: Yeah, I know it was a knee injury, but. Let me see. You. What was it? to a, quick... a minute, I think I saw a great. Is it the right guy? Grade two, MCL or something? Or... Um, I know he's not playing in the suite.
0: Yeah. Why
1: would they not? As long as, as if, if it's an ACL, he might just first have it next season.
0: Yeah, it looks like uh it hasn't been
1: announced yet. Yeah, okay. That, yeah. That, that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, um, Greg and I will be back if some major announcement comes out of Hallis Hall this week. We will uh, look at our schedules and try to get back onto the air immediately so we can get Gray's reaction to the news. Uh, if we don't hear anything until after Friday, then we'll be back either Monday or, uh, or Tuesday. So, uh, Greg, sounds good to you? Sounds like a plan. All right, everyone, I want to thank. We had a record number of people checking us live. Yes, over. And they had to hear me halfway. I'm sorry.
1: I really apologize. No
0: no need to apologize. That stuff happens, and we're just glad uh, you're back on the medication. It should start working pretty soon. That's me. I I play a doctor on TV. I'm not a doctor. Uh, all right, everybody. We will. Uh, I'll be back here tonight at eight PM with Dan Aguirre and Johnny Santucci. We'll, we'll be talking more Bears football. Greg, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Bye
1: bye. Okay, later.